This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Sam. And today we're discussing another ancient Greek philosopher with the name of Epicurus. Epicurus. And so, as I already said, Greek philosopher, he lived around the third century before Christ. And he is still relatively well-known. He was the founder of Epicureanism, which is based on his teachings. And in doing my research and, and reading his principles, I saw that there's quite a lot of misconceptions about what he stood for and what Epicureanism stood for. And so, yeah, we can, we can go delve into that a bit later. So Sam, what was your first impression? It was a nice, but it's sort of, a lot of the things are kind of the deeper philosophies of what's behind religions, but you can kind of then define like each religion sort of goes into like a different direction, but like it's sort of fundamentally like is the core of a lot of like the kind of principles of like pleasure isn't necessarily a bad thing, but be careful about what things you do which please you just in case it hurts someone mm-hmm. else that kind of stuff and that's sort of yeah a fundamental principle around like most things and yeah it was kind of interesting but like quite short yes <laughs> so just to be clear about that we read the principal doctrines of epicurus he wrote a lot of works like i think he wrote about 300 works but almost none of them remained and so his followers basically combined together 40 rules that summarized basically his teaching it was again one of these books where there's so much knowledge condensed into so little like words and sentences that we 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 listen to it in audio form. I probably listened to it like four times or five times, and you need to like sit down and think. So again, for me, I think it's a better book to have in physical form than to listen to. Yeah, as in each point you can think a lot about and make notes. And I mean, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments or something, but a longer version. Yeah, just listen. It would be sort of a waste of your time. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get into it, I would suggest you first like read them in the physical form. You could probably like print them on three pages or something. It's really short. And on top of that, I would recommend like looking around on some resources because there's quite a lot to say about him. And if you're not already like a student of philosophy, I think it's going to be tough to to really get his messages from the you know the, all, all the forty rules in themselves. Cool. So is. Non-philosophy students, yes, exactly. <laughs> we're going to break this down with uh, some pretty yes. skill. And... We'll, we'll do our best anyway. So Epicurus actually laid, lived in a similar time as Zeno, and Zeno was the founder of Stoicism. And so throughout uh, their lifetime and afterwards, there was quite a, a big uh, rivalry between Stoicism and Epicureanism. So for example, Epictetus, which was one of the first Stoic writers, mentions Epicureanism as the Seneca. And so they have some, some good words and some bad words, but they seem to have like rivaling ideas about the words. And so basically both philosophies try to solve the problem or the, the, the state of living or, or like they, they've realized, okay, the world is tough. It's a tough place. Life isn't easy, but they both look at different ways uh, to solve that problem. And so what the Stoics say is, and we saw that in our previous episode is, okay, everything is outside of your control. Well, most of the things are outside of your control. Only what is inside of you is inside your control. And so you should try and focus on that. And whatever comes to you uh, from the outside, 
just know that it was determined to be that way. And if you think about that, it's going to make your life easier. So that's very shortly what the Stoics said, Epictetus said. And so what Epicurus said, he, instead of focusing on, on what is inside and outside of your control, he just said, be happy. Just focus on trying to be happy. And that's going to make life way easier for you. He had four keys to happiness. One was don't fear God. Two was don't fear death. Three is what is good is easy to get. And four is what is bad or terrible is easy to endure. And so he combined those into a, a way of living, which was focused about around just being happy, but not exaggerating. And that's, I think, why like, he quite had, had quite a lot of followers for that. So, I mean, I, I just summarized the key to happiness according to Epicurus. And just to, to be fair, I didn't get that from um, the book. So I did some, a lot of extra reading and that's where I got those messages. So it's not that if you, like he summarizes it clearly like that. He just has, has a bunch of rules which are written in like a very old way. So it's, it's quite hard to understand. So I don't know if you got these things out of the whatever he wrote down yeah some of these things so i mean like the first point i remember sort of reading this one being like mate i could talk about this one for ages like his death is um nothing to us for what has been dissolved has no sense experience and what has no sense experience is nothing to us mm-hmm. and um i already did a lecture on my own podcast about the fact that when you die you don't really feel anything so it's basically just like if you sort of ecstatically happy as a 10 like death is just a zero it's nothing and like Mm -hmm. epically unhappy is a minus 10 and so why would you ever spend time being unhappy because that's like worse than dying like why would you fear death if like that's worse than dying and these kind of things so you may as well just optimize all the time whilst you are alive for happiness that's the only time whilst you can feel happiness Mm -hmm. and all these worries and like cares and stuff that we have like are just a waste of your time and you may as well try and keep your life better than it would be to be dead Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to talk about. For me, I think I think about death, and I don't want to die, but I think I'm I'm more concerned with dying than being dead, because yeah, yeah, you're like afraid of the pain, I guess, because usually, yeah, there's like there there should be some pain involved. I don't know. And you think about all these things you want to like do before you die or something, but yeah, listen, I've nearly died four times, and each time I wasn't really too concerned about like the fact that I hadn't fulfilled some of my desires or something mm-hmm. it was like oh i've only got like two minutes left to live i'll just sit and like <laughs> look at this die and just just chill out like this is fine yeah. and this really wasn't that worried about the whole thing it's like mm-hmm. well i can't really do anything i could spend my time thinking about these things i would have said but i'm not gonna have to say them and pff, whatever <laughs> just enjoy myself yeah. yeah having regrets before you die like it's literally yeah. you i have them before you die and then when you die you don't have any regrets because you don't exist right so it doesn't mm. really matter anymore yeah, so why would you spend time regretting in the last minute before you die? I don't see why yeah. these things happen as such. Exactly. And yeah, I haven't spoken to so many people who like know they're going to die in like a longer term. But I did do an interesting podcast with um, a neighbor who is now dead, but he had like terminal cancer. And I think I spoke with him about like four months before he died. It was really interesting. Um, but yeah, he's pretty chilled out about the whole thing. And mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, he was a really nice guy. And yeah, had a lot of like, deeper insights about life and sort of the funny ways how, how quickly things pass and stuff and mm. like the things that he did remember like the really important things and stuff and he just forgot so much of the other stuff and just wasn't really too concerned about it and you're like yeah, well, what's the why do we sort of spend so much time struggling each day about stuff that like we're not even going to remember mm-hmm. they're irrelevant mm-hmm. yeah cool
So the third key to happiness is what is good is easy to get was basically misinterpreted by a lot of people to say like, you should always chase pleasure and happiness, like maximize your indulgence, like just do whatever, as long as it make you, makes you happy. But it's actually not, not the reality. So Epicurus made a hierarchy of desires. And so that is something that I did find in, in his, his teachings where one, there's natural and necessary desires. Uh, that, for example, would be, you know, thirst or hunger. But these only go up to a point because then you have natural and non-necessary desires. And so that would be, you know, overindulgence or very luxurious foods. Uh, for example, a piece of bread, you know, Sam, you did, you, you ate oatmeal for, for a week. That would be a very Epicurean way to live because you consumed what you needed uh, and what was necessary and nothing on top of that. Like everything you put on top of your daily oatmeal is luxury. And so it's, that's something that you can once in a while do, but not every time. Basically, yeah. that's what he said. And that's actually how he lived. So he, he was famous to live on uh, bread and olives. And, and his, his big splurge would be a slice of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that, that's how he lived. Um, and he would like, drink almost always water or the very weak wine. Nice. We could try that for a week or two. <laughs> exactly. And then... And then, and then the final desire was, sorry, to, to, just to, to conclude. Uh, so there's the natural and necessary, natural and non-necessary, and then there's vain desires. And vain desires is like, like well for a, a very nice car or, you know, fancy clothes and all these things, which are absolutely not necessary or even natural. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, well, I found it pretty interesting. And I think the way he looks at things might be a cure to a disease that is like, that is everywhere today. And that is like the overconsumption slash, you know, never having enough. Yeah, yeah. The, it's called the, the modern insatiability. Like, because we always want more. We always want better. We always want, you know, tastier. We want uh, nicer cars, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. I, I've also seen it described as the lifestyle creep where let's say you're making a, a thousand pounds per month. You're going to live in a certain way. If you suddenly double your income, that's not going to mean you're going to, be able to save a thousand extra pounds per month. So what's going to happen is your lifestyle is going to change to fill up your salary, basically. But the problem is that it's not going to result in you being happier. So you're just going to spend more. Mm. Uh, you're not going to be more happier. And so that, I think that there we could learn from Epicurus and the um, Epicureans that everything above what is necessary isn't really, it's not something we should desire or desire too much. Mm. Or we shouldn't pin our happiness on it if we were to lose it, because also, yeah, that's when you get the unhappiness. Because there's, there's no real argument saying that just because it doesn't make you happier having these extra things, it doesn't mean that it's bad to have like a nicer dinner if you've got money to spend and you're not doing anything else with it. But if it does make you happy to give it to charity, then you would actually be happier. But it's sort of just to use it to make sure you're getting optimal happiness. But if spending it on the thing does result in your actual happiness, it's fine as long as you then don't get pissed off if you lose it and this kind of stuff. So he does mm -hmm. talk about not being subject to chance a lot, which comes a lot in a lot of the things we've spoken about. I think the quote is, chance has a small impact on the wise man while reasoning has arranged for, is arranging for and will arrange for the greatest and most important matters throughout the whole of his life. So kind of like I spoke about my... um neighbor who was dying sort of been like as long as you've got the important things covered you don't really worry about what happens with the rest of it and you'll be fine with like the solid basis that you need to keep yourself happy like 
family, shelter, these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some other cool things that he said or did. Like one of them was that he put a lot of emphasis on friendship and he wasn't too big of a fan of like relationships. So he wasn't into like, he didn't have a, have a wife. He, he lived a celibate life, but what he did do was he moved away from the city into a, a house and there he lived with friends, friends. And so he puts quite a lot of emphasis mm. on friendship. And so basically his life was be with friends and don't splurge basically. Yeah. Sounds like a bit of a monk really, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I also noticed, and I, I, I didn't get this from the book, but he believed in atoms. So he actually already used the word, word atoms, which I found incredible. So this guy was living 300 before Christ, so 2,300 years ago. And he already figured out that like, there are very tiny, tiny particles which make up everything. And mm. it took us like 2,000 years to like, finally find proof for this. Although this guy was just uh, out of pure reasoning, figured that out. And so, wow. yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, he's got this other doctrine about science and its importance, and um, which was, you know, he kind of talks about people being a bit stupid if they don't understand science properly, and that mm. you can't really understand the universe and everything if you don't understand natural science. Mm. But I didn't realize that he actually understood that at that sort of fundamental level at that <laughs> point. Yeah, they weren't stupid, uh, the ancient Greeks. Yeah. So it, it did sort of show that he kind of maybe didn't really believe in God as other people believed it exactly, but. Mm-hmm. it's hard to really know when you kind of listen to these because they, they often wouldn't want to say that out loud anyway in case people then didn't think they believed in god and they got like killed and stuff but you also just don't know if actually they did believe in god because it's just so fundamentally believed mm-hmm. so, yeah so the way i understood it so epicurus he he believed in a god but the god actually doesn't concern with early earthly things so basically, yeah. God set up the world and just then went to chill because, like, I think he was also the one who said that if uh, there is evil in the world and if God is almighty, then he is malevolent because there's evil. You know, if he had power over everything, he wouldn't allow evil to exist. And so he had, like, the whole reasoning, which basically says that God is either not omnipotent or malevolent. And I think in this case, what he argues is that basically the God set up everything. And he then, he did, afterwards didn't have influence over it. That's what I understood, but I could be completely wrong. But it's quite interesting how, how he looked at it. And so he's, he looks at it differently from the people of his time, where those believed that gods like had influence over everything and were the basis of everything. And he said, no, gods set up the world. And now they're in their own area, just chilling. And we're here on our own and we should just try and be happy. So I guess that's, that, that's what we should, we should do, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did all this extra reading on it because if I just read the book, <laughs> that was that. I think uh, that's the impression I have with these ancient philosophers. The First of all, the, like the way they, they write and the way it was translated is so densely <laughs> packed that you need, to, you need some studying like each sentence before you really get it. So it's yeah. kind of nice to have like extra reading next to it of people who <laughs> try and digest it and say it in, in, in normal words. Any, any other notes that you made? No, so I guess two other doctrines that I sort of picked up on, like I did mention like the, we just spoke a lot about generally being stoic and living prudently where he says it's impossible to live pleasantly without being prudent and honorable and just. But it's also impossible to be prudent and honorable and just without being pleasant. And so you can basically just be a happy, chilled out person without like causing any fuss, fuss in the world or like wanting mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. Um, which... Mm-hmm. 
we sort of spoke about a lot. And the other one of just being a nice person is think about what the impacts are, I guess. So he says, no pleasure is a bad thing in itself, but the things which produce certain pleasures bring troubles many times greater than the pleasures. So just mm-hmm. some of mm-hmm. your things might have impacts. So think about what they are and don't be a dick to other people or yourself in the long run. Yeah. By doing things that please you. Yes. But wise advice. Good, good thinking from him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's all pretty simple, right? So what he says, so basically life is short. There's going to be an end, but you shouldn't fear the end. And in the meantime, just try and be happy, but don't limit other people's happiness, basically, mm. which is fair. That's cool. Yeah. Right. That was that. <laughs> that was that. So that's uh, Epicurious, Epicurious for you. Let's do some ratings and stuff. What did you think, Sam? Yeah. I mean, it was super short, which is always nice. <laughs> <laughs> in our busy um, schedule. Yeah, yeah, I guess a four in terms of... I'm giving it some plus points just because of he was so long ago and he had these cool thoughts. <laughs> but as a book of usefulness, like you just read it. It's, it's just like 40 quotes that you'll read and forget about stuff that you probably agree with and make sense. Mm-hmm. I think there's much better quotes now from like cooler people that you see on Instagram. Anytime you want to like see an inspirational quote. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree. So actually, yeah, probably maybe it's more like a two. I could write a better book than this. Just finding some nice quotes from cool people. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. I'll go with three. (laughs) Yeah. Three in terms of usefulness to my life. It's really nice to understand these people and ideas and the research that we've, we've done. Tons of actual benefit of reading the specific book. <laughs> Not so much. So for me, I would, so it's different, d- difficult for me to, to make a separation between the, the whole theory or, or the text itself, because uh, as I did extra reading, I came to appreciate what he said more and more. But so I'm going to try and focus on the text itself. And so there I would, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. It's like, uh, I'm going to give it a two because it's, if I would have only had that, I would never had any insights on it. Because I'm just not yeah. advanced enough in, in philosophy to understand certain kinds of like constructions and, and things mm. he says. So I would need more practice. So it was really useful to do extra reading, to have people who speak normal English explain stuff to me yeah. uh, for me to understand. I wouldn't recommend it to a friend if they were trying to like become a happier person or something or change their life. It's sort of like, that would just be a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I would say if, if you want to learn more about Epicureanism, instead of read, reading the original doctrines, just like find some introduction, like some YouTube video or something, or listen to this podcast, you know? But if you're here, you already listened. So you know mm. everything now. So <laughs> Boom. Boom. Share this with a friend. It's more useful than the book. Exactly. So thank you for this. Exactly. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. I think uh, that concludes the episode. Next episode is going to be another ancient philosopher and we haven't decided which one yet, but stay tuned. You'll know it soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As you know, we are doing this to try and help you get smarter. Well, I have another project for podcast listeners just like you who want to be smart. Nico and I learned so much from reading the same things together and discussing them. And I wanted there to be a tool that made it easy for anyone to listen to the same podcasts and books together with their friends. So I'm building the app Syncify, which does just that. It connects you with your friends in the app. Listen to the same things at the same time. Or create shared playlists and work through them at your own pace. You can share comments and highlights of your favourite bits. And become smarter by seeing what your friends think around the same content that you enjoy.
As a bonus, it also helps with your mental health and reduces isolation. Personally, I hate publishing my life on social media, which I find all rather antisocial, and I don't go out of my way to phone a friend for no reason other than the fact I feel lonely. But I do love doing things with other people, and having my friends listen to the same things is, is really awesome. I mean, I used to speak to Nico like once a year before we started this book club together, and now we talk all the time because we're just doing something together. So do yourself a favour and sign up for the Syncify app at syncifyapp.com. And I really hope it helps. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything new, be sure to share it with your friends. And I just can't tell you how great it is if you were to happen to leave a review on iTunes. These really do help quite a lot. If you have any questions or books that you'd like us to read, feel free to reach out to us through the website wiserpod.com or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And just keep loving and keep learning and ideally keep listening. Big love from Sam and Nico and the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Podcast.